You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. All right, everybody, it is that time of the week again, time for the SG Drive-In episode. Now, guys, now playing this week is a movie that is near and dear to my heart, not just because we have the same birth year, <laughs> but because this is one of those movies that shaped um, an entire fandom for me. We are talking about the classic Batman 1989. And for this awesome adventure, I am joined by the one and only Will Rose. How are we doing? Ah, doing great. I'm presently down uh, working our youth beach retreat week. And so I'm sunburned and got stung by jellyfish, but I was able to surf a little bit. There's kids running around. Is the Wi-Fi a suspect. So hopefully we can get through this entire episode without an interruption or uh, my face freezing on your screen, Joe. So for those of you keeping track at home, I just want you guys to know that Will is, you know, quote unquote, working at the beach. Just That's right. Make yeah. sure that everybody caught Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I, there's a reason I did some youth ministry for a long time and, and dipped my toes back in that water because you can go to a theme park or go to a beach or go to a mountain camp and call it work. Right. Exactly, exactly. So this week, um, we are here to talk about Batman. And um, I rewatched this this movie. We had just watched it when when the Batman came out earlier. Um, Mm -hmm. This movie, uh, fun facts, I actually this was not the first Batman movie that I saw. The first Mm -hmm. one that I saw was um, Batman and Robin. Oh, wow. And I I had seen I, I was a huge fan of all of the cartoons that were around mm-hmm. at the time and all of those kinds of things. But Batman and Robin was my first uh, exposure to the movie side. And I, I'm a little kid. So like it, it was not um, all of the issues, we'll call them with those <laughs> later live action that era of Batman movies. Um, it, it was just, it, it was colorful. It was loud. It was Batman. It was all of the things that a little kid wanted out of a Batman movie. And so right. I, um, as I got a little bit older, I watched through some of the, uh, the older ones with, with, uh, Batman 89, Batman returns and all of that in this movie. Um, I think this, I think it's safe to say for me, this movie is one that um, really my appreciation grew with age because there's so much character work in it Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. as a little kid, you know, I'm almost glad that I saw some of the later toy commercial-esque Batman movies first Mm -hmm. because they were more little kid-ish. They were more bottom-of-the-shelf sort of thing, Um, whereas these are... Definitely more focused on unpacking the uh, unpacking the actual character of Bruce Wayne Batman, which I'm not complaining about. I absolutely love. I just right. don't think I would have appreciated it nearly as much as a little kid. So what was your first interaction with this movie? Is this one that was part of your zeitgeist growing up as as this was coming out? 
100%. So I, this was my first Batman movie because in 1989, uh, I was heading into my junior year uh, of high school. So I had um, grown up, you know, I'm a Marvel kid. So all the Marvel heroes were my favorite growing up, but I also grew up on Super Friends cartoons and reruns of Adam West, Batman. And uh, so there was always that kind of Batman hype in the DC universe. Um, I did like Supes. I like Superman a lot, but, um, but Batman was my favorite on the DC side. And so I would dabble into the the toys and the cartoons and the TV show and, and comic books growing up. Um, but when this movie was coming out, the hype and the promotion leading up to it, you know, I'd seen the Superman movies in, in the theater with my parents as a kid. Like that was a kind of a family, um, family outing. My dad, hated going to the movies, but some of those big movies he would all take us to go see. And, uh, and so you had the, really the first kind of resurgence of superhero in the movies was Superman. It was, um, yeah, that the seventies Superman. And then, uh, you get, here comes another superhero movie down the line and the promo, the promotion leading up to Batman 1989 with Tim Burton and Michael Keaton and Kim Basinger and Jack Nicholson as the Joker and the uh, Burger King Coke commercials with the tumbler glass of uh, Batman. You had the Batman symbol in the oval with the yellow was just everywhere. I just remember that promotion so much. And so when we finally got to see the movie, um, it, it was a lot of fun. And so that literally was my first Batman movie because it came out in real time uh, when I was in when I was in high school. Um, but, yeah, just the star powered um, the, the the star power of of the movie and the people they got to bring in. There was a little skepticism of um, a little skepticism of Michael Keaton, Keaton playing Bruce Wayne. But Jack Nicholson as Joker um, was was just an incredible but Jack Nicholson was uh, super um, hyped up as this kind of Joker with the, uh, you know, reminiscent of his smile. You know, we all remember what his smile and craziness was like in The Shining. Here he comes, he's bring that kind of psychosis and creepiness and craziness to the actual Joker character. Um, and, and that was kind of the hype around. So yeah, we went in full. And then when you hear like, of course you have Danny Elfman doing the music, but also you have, Prince and the soundtrack <laughs> uh, leading up to this, just just everybody was hyped. They brought everybody in and threw everything into this movie, and, and we were there for all along. Yeah, I. It's funny that you say the the fast food promotions being like a big thing. My first exposure to this movie was the the promos as well, like as far as um, some of the later ones. So for me, the promo, the, the fast food promos for the later movies were the exact same thing that kind of caught my attention um, because, you know, you're a little kid, Happy Meals, the whole nine yards, the toys and all of that kind of stuff. And so that was a really big part of it for me as well in getting introduced to these movies, even though it wasn't exactly the same movie. But it's funny because when I went back and heard about the original Batman movie and the fact that it was directed by Tim Burton. I was already super excited about that because of Nightmare Before Christmas. That right. was such a big part of my childhood. And I knew the name Tim Burton from that. And I knew mm -hmm. I loved that movie. And so to hear that Tim Burton directed a Batman movie was uh, I, very exciting for me as a kid. And 
you know, to to see everything that Tim Burton put into that movie and the way that he created a an environment and made Gotham a its its own like living character in the whole thing and mm-hmm. not understanding why you know I actually didn't realize how much how much fan backlash there was on Michael Keaton um until right. way later because I had no idea who he was when I was watching it. This was the first thing that I ever saw Michael Keaton in. So I didn't know that he was like a rom-com comedy guy other than, you know, this. But (laughs) I think Michael Keaton brings the brooding factor that you absolutely need in a Bruce Wayne. I think he's able to emote in a way that brings this character a new dimension of this character that for somebody like me in my age bracket really lines up well with Batman the animated series you watch it, watching this movie you can 100% see where this movie laid the groundwork and the fingerprints for BTAS in such a remarkable way from the soundtrack to the imagery to the suit and and so on and so forth. So for for me, it was like bringing BTAS to life. Yeah. When did that? When did um, Batman the Animated Series come out? What what year was that? I remember I was in in college. I think when it started coming uh, out. Ninety three. I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not far off. That's only four years off from um from uh, from this movie in terms of you know you could almost say that like that wouldn't have happened without the hype for for this movie. You know, right. and and that this movie launched this whole new series of comic book movies and heroes uh, without this movie and the and the risks that they took, uh, the casting risks and all those things. Yeah, and then I, I would say too that um, you know the you think geeks would would learn, but in terms of the backlash against like that couldn't he can't possibly Bruce Wayne he's a rom com you know and the same with things that were said about Heath Ledger you know oh he's just kind of a cute handsome dude who's in these rom coms what could he do with the Joker and you see what he did you know Michael Keaton being Batman uh, being Bruce Wayne we we sure have learned our lesson he he did great you go back and watch it and the way he handles that character his acting chops. Um, is is fantastic and the fact that we might have a multiverse uh flash movie coming out that's going to bring keaton's batman back is is pretty exciting as well (laughs) yeah especially when you consider what we've seen from the suit that they've basically updated the 89 suit to fit like you know old old man batman is is out of bounds but yeah this between between keaton and jack nicholson they both i I think those are exactly for the time period and the environment that tim burton created those are exactly the kind of actors that you need for that kind of role in that move in that environment where um tim burton you know kind of made everything a bit larger than life Mm -hmm. Uh, a batman like christian bale doesn't work a more serious gritty batman like uh robert pattinson's batman doesn't really work this is one that needs to be a little bit more emotional and a little bit more um character driven rather than you know mission driven or you know grit or realism and 
you know, I, I it's funny to me how divisive um, that that Jack Nicholson's character is in this, in Jack Nicholson's portrayal as the Joker is in this movie. Because if you look at the, um, if if you look at Jack Nicholson's rendition of Joker, and then you look at what came before it, all really he's working off of is anything from the comics and Cesar Romero. Right. And Cesar Romero was ridiculous. But for those of you that don't know, the um, the first, the I believe it, the, it was the first uh, uh, portrayal of the Joker was he, he was trying to trademark uh, making fish smile, like giving giving fish the Joker serum, and right. and it was just it was ridiculous, you know what I mean? And and so we all we all you know in in a post Batman Begins world in a post we need to try and make Batman as serious as possible, and I am Batman, and all of this kind of stuff. We we kind of have lost the rabbit on the fact that these movies were not always meant for that. That's not what these movies were always trying to portray. Or, or to portray, and I think for even honestly for me, even Cesar Romero, I can see the uh, I I can see the 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 gravity of. So, so you mean to tell me this wackadoo is going to come up to you <laughs> laughing like 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 a madman, dressed up like a clown, and he's going to kill you and 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 enjoy every second of doing it, like. Oh yeah, no, that's nightmare fuel, guys. That's absolutely nightmare fuel. And and so for for me having Jack Nicholson pulling on that thread, having Jack Nicholson really um much more uh full in a much more full-bodied nature bringing that style of Joker into existence uh what was honestly chef's kiss because you had this you you had this ridiculous oddball in Cesar Romero that obviously was a lot campier a lot you know hamming it up and all those kinds of things and then all Jack Nicholson did was you know take make those same kind of adjustments that he made for the shining and and made and made that the joker i thought that was awesome we just need to make sure that we're not trying to compare it to other renditions of the Joker from along the way. You know what I mean? And honestly, it's you don't get when you look at the the full breadth of the lineage of Batman and Batman's characters and all of those kinds of things. Fan beloved Mark Hamill's rendition of animated Joker. Don't get me yeah. wrong. That is my Joker. I love Heath Ledger's Joker. I thought it, it, for live action, pound for pound, if you really want to make like a an authentic Joker, okay, cool. I see the I see the value there. But for me, Mark Hamill's Joker takes every single box and i don't think you get there without the line of jokers that you had before that with jack nicholson caesar romero in the comics 
Yeah, and I and when I think about summer black blockbusters, this is one because they're not just trying to get the comic book fan. They're trying to get they're pulling in so many people. So, you know, people my mom's age are like, Oh, I know Jack Nicholson. Maybe I'll go see this. I saw um him in another movie. You saw Kim Basinger. They're the hot actors and actresses of the day. So they're like, I they're trying to get as many people into the theater as as possible. So they're gonna get the yeah. the big time names. And and that what they did in this movie to set up future Batman, Batman and Joker and villains and the character and the animated series, um, you wouldn't have all that without without this movie. Yeah, yeah, and and we need to. It wouldn't it wouldn't be a geek podcast if we didn't take a second to shout out uh, Lando himself. Oh, as, yeah, <laughs> he. So so one of the biggest travesties for later Batman movies is that Billy D. Williams did not reprise his role. He wanted to, he wanted to, they Mm -hmm. pulled the plug and you know, so, so for everybody that gives modern uh, uh, DC (laughs) a hard time, we've, we've been dealing with this as DC fans for quite some time. You know what I mean? They, they uh, in, in a lot of ways are, are allergic to making money in certain regards, but Billy D. Williams, like it was just, it was a really cool take to see the combination of relationship building that was taking place. There was, you know, you, you have these relationships being formed. You have this care, this actor that can do character acting so well, and you actually care about him. Take us on a journey. Uh, Two-Face is one of the um, most heart-wrenching characters in Batman's mythos and so complicated and so layered and so nuanced that you had the, 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 the makings for something really special. And honestly, that relationship piece that goes into a much bigger piece of this whole pie that I know you and I um, really do jive with when we, when we're looking at what brings us to the yard, what makes one of these movies spectacular, what really puts, put, put, gets us immersed lived in story, give us a lived in world with an immersive story, tell some story, build some relationships, make this three and four dimensional. And when you are starting from jump street, this is starting those those same building blocks that that made Marvel what it became with the MCU right. with build taking time to build the relationships that will later on pay off to have a more fully flushed out and rounded out world. Yeah, and I think they were as the movies went on they were still chasing that star power to get people in there. Who can we get to Riddler? Who can we get to be Mr. Freeze? We're going to get these big time actors and comedians and and the big names of the day. Billy Dee's not the biggest name. We know him from Star Wars, but not much else. Um, it would have been great. And then, and, you know, we're not doing recommendations just yet, but uh, we don't do it on drive in, but there is a comic book out there where they continued Batman 89. If you go out and find it, they continue that universe of, of the movie and, and Billy D shows up there as, as Harvey Dent again, and as two face again, which is uh, good work on his. And he finally gets his due 
uh, there in the comic book. I don't know if he's getting paid for that, but but he's definitely showing up in that book, his likeness and his face. <laughs> yeah, he. So there's a there's an interview when they first announced um, eighty nine because there was definitely a subsection of fans that when they announced that comic book series, they were like, okay, so are you going to right the wrong mm-hmm. and bring back the original Harvey Dent? And um, they said yes, and he was asked about it, and he, you, you could see his eyes light up that okay. he was getting a chance to like this. This was a this was an opportunity for this character to be more fleshed out and things like that, and he was all too happy to be a part of the universe again and have yep. that character picked back up. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, and, and it, I would not, I, I'm a huge, you know, being, being a, a music geek, being a musician, all of those things. I, this, this soundtrack is, is so amazing on so many layers, because if you listen for, for all of you eagle eyed millennials out there, if you <laughs> really listen to the soundtrack, you can hear exactly where the BTAS uh, soundtrack came from. The mm-hmm. BTAS soundtrack is directly inspired by 89. Everything about BTAS is directly inspired by 89. And this, this is, to, to me, being able, it's kind of like Halloween, right? The original mm. version of Halloween that was shown, um, John Carpenter will go, out, will go on record to say that he, his original version of Halloween was shown to a sampling audience without the soundtrack, without the dun, 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 right. none of that was in there. And it was universally panned. Everybody hated it. It was boring, all of those things. He added that soundtrack and it changed everything. Wow. While I don't think it's that that black and white with this movie because there's so much stuff going on, that soundtrack turns the volume up to 11 in a lot of very key points and makes a movie that would have otherwise been good and puts it up to that great and, you know, really epic um, tier of movies that we, two guys from two different generations can come together and share their love of this movie generations after this movie came out. Yeah, it's like that YouTube, you can go look on YouTube too. It's like the end of Star Wars, music makes all the difference. If you look kind of the the metal ceremony and you can watch it without the music uh, and it's just them walking down the hallway and it just, it means nothing. It's very unceremonial. And then, you know, you take away the music, it, 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 it yeah, it, it, it's not the same thing. So when you add the music, you add the soundtrack, music makes all the difference, the tone, the beats. And so, yeah, Prince doing this soundtrack, uh, Danny Elfman doing the theme, um, makes this movie, uh, you know, a lot of what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the, one of the, my favorite things about this movie as an adult, and I alluded to it before that when in this movie, we really see, um, almost a deconstruction of sorts of Bruce Wayne, Batman, um, that that there's a lot of of character um, poking and prodding in this in a way that explores a side of Bruce Wayne that the other movies don't. The other movies, 
you know, other iterations, I should say, of of Bruce Wayne, even within this this same universe with like the Joel Schumacher movies and and, you know, on through Batman Begins and so on. Right. We're always so focused on how does Bruce Wayne become the bat? How does he, you know, and, and what kind of cool stuff can we see with him as a Batman? And a lot of times it kind of gets relegated to Bruce Wayne is nothing more than a party boy cover um, co- cover identity for for the bat. And while there there are that is an aspect of the Bruce Wayne persona, you know, even with beloved BTAS, that was there was still there were still hints of that. But there's more story to be told about a kid who went through the drama of his parents dying in front of him and to reconcile decides to dress up like a bat and <laughs> go and fight crime. That means somebody needs lots and lots of therapy. And right. we were willing to explore that at a level that I don't think other movies will will ha- have touched have dared to to touch and explore and to me you know yeah we can all we can all poke fun about the fact that like batman can't turn his neck you know the cowl is hard is hard plastic and so or hard rubber <laughs> and so he right. can't move his neck and stuff but all of the other pieces lend to this movie that is the 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 final product is bigger than the sum of the individual parts. Yeah, you can nitpick uh, certain things in the movie, where it's costume or or how people are acting or what actor they got or actress to play a certain thing. But the whole story of Batman's origin uh, and why he is the Bat and why he's fighting crime is all there. And again, the reason I like Batman is he took tragedy and he want, his turn was, yeah, I got all the money, I got everything I need, uh, but except this emotional connection with my parents, which I lost. Money can't buy everything, uh, but it can fund and resource making sure that no one else experienced the same thing that I did. And I'm going to fight for that. And so, uh, but the, the, the rogues gallery, they have tragedies and they want everyone else to experience what they experience. They want the unleashed chaos, uh, for Batman, uh, wants that chaos to go away and wants to help. So that, that's my attraction to Batman and, and how you can, pull apart those pieces over and over again. Yeah. The, I'm, I'm glad that the recent Batman movie didn't have the full origin story. They hinted at it. You know what was going on, but we've seen the murder in the alley and him coming out of the movie Zorro and the, and the pearls going everywhere. We've seen that over and over again, but, uh, but this movie needed it because it was the first time they have done it movie cinematically and, and needed all that. So, um, so yeah, that's part of his story. And I think that whole arc and, capturing who Bruce Wayne is and why Batman does what Batman does. Um, they, they pull that off really, really well. Yeah. And honestly, I, I really do think out of all of the countless over and over again, renditions of pearls and popcorn that we've gotten, I think that this one's the best rendition mm, yeah. of pearls yeah. and popcorn. And that's mm-hmm. because it was the first time that it happened. Yeah. It was the first time that this that that this was depicted live action, and and so I, I too am very glad that they didn't do that for the eighty seventh time. Um, Man, with, just with, quick question: Did they they didn't even do that in like Adam West Batman? Did they ever do an origin story or explain why he's Batman in the Adam West Batman? I know they had no. the, the 
Did they ever like, yeah, the reason I'm Batman is because my parents were murdered and I want to make sure that doesn't happen to anybody else. No, they just, they just fought crime. Uh, you know, uh, but yeah, you're right. The first time depicted on the screen is, is you know, the, the pearls and popcorn, the origin story, why he's doing what right. he's doing. Yeah, yeah. They, they are the only other time before that, that it had, that it had, um, been shown was the comics. There right. was, uh, there was renditions in the comics, but yeah. And, and honestly, you know, as far as who was Batman in this, there's something, I think there's something powerful to the everyman being able to be Batman. Yeah, and yeah. That, it's the same deal that I had with with the the selections for both for both Bruce Wayne and the Riddler in the newest rendition. That mm-hmm. it wasn't some big jacked up six foot five dude that was playing the um, the bad guy. It was a, a <laughs> you know just every an everyday dude off the street. And Robert Pattinson did a pretty good job of coming across like an everyday man. He yeah. was a little yeah. bit closer to the pretty side of things, but like if you look at pretty systematically throughout the that period of time between Keaton and um, Robert Pattinson, most to varying degrees of that time was spent with pretty boys as Batman. Like it was more important for Bruce Wayne to be pretty than it was for Bruce, for, for, for Bruce Wayne to be somebody that you could look at and say, okay, this is convincing. Yeah. Yeah, Christian Bale probably gets the closest to, to checking the, the boxes, but even still it's, they, they still made it a point to make him a pretty boy at times and such. And so, for me, um, the the appreciation comes from being able to see somebody that, oh, so this is some dude that you saw off the street. This is some dude that you ran into along the way who, you know, whose whose parents died. And and what basically went to touch a crazy because of because of it and started beating up bad guys dressed up in a bad suit like this is everyday man you know what I mean and like for me growing up as a kid watching stuff like Power Rangers and all of that right five teenagers with attitude every single one of them were pretty knew how to do gymnastics knew how to do like these very specific things that somebody you know an an, an overweight kid from the East Coast could only hope to live vicariously through and had no real connection with because I hadn't, you know, started actually doing martial arts and all of those kinds of things yet. And so to me, there's something special about that. Yeah, I guess I I get the power of being able to see through hindsight, but I definitely think that it's a little bit needless with with some of the the discourse and things. So so yeah, um with a movie like this, you know, there's there's just it's nothing but praise because these are these movies that we're going through now, you know, between this, you know, the last time that you heard from Will and I, we talked about the Godfather and, you know, we talked about Phantom Menace and, and all kinds of all these different movies. So, yeah, this is this is one of those um, movies that you can't help but but heap all the praise onto um on on all kinds of levels it started an entire era of superman movie or of of superhero movies it started a whole era of 
stylization of of how you do a movie. It put the it put this. It, it showed a proof of concept that you could do something like this, and it could be a draw that it would put the butts in the seats to be able to display superheroes in this kind of way because this this is before a lot of the other stuff that we saw you know th- this is one of those starts of an starts of an era for for superhero storytelling on the big screen so we have nothing but praise to heap onto this yeah, and go back out and and watch it again. I think it's it's on the HBO Max, Warner Brothers. I think it was on Netflix yep. there for a while. Um, I don't know if it's off Netflix and now back on HBO Max, but but it's easily accessible uh, to hop on it. Um, I was just looking on YouTube at the VHS intro, and they have like Bugs Bunny and Donald Duck, yeah. uh, not Donald Duck, uh, Daffy, uh, Daffy, Daffy Duck, um, because they're, they're, it's Warner Brother property, and so they're like yep. promoting and telling you what to do to get Ray on the VHS. So you can find those kind of clips on on youtube of the intro to the vhs release of 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 batman go hunt that down it's only a couple minutes it's pretty fun yeah yeah so so we bid you guys with with two recommendations go watch this movie and and go pick up the comic series um it it is the the comic series is is a blast it really is it's a it's a good time especially if you're into um this style of storytelling so that is that is it for now thank you for joining us for a another episode of the sg drive-in tune in next week for another one of our wonderful lineup of summer blockbusters and for now we leave you with one thing remember that we are all a chosen people a geekdom of this was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.